Individually, they are a force to be reckoned with. But when they join together, they become Unplugged Radio. Prepare to be swept off your feet as Greg Person, the lover, takes the stage. But wait, what illusion is this? It is no trick. It is Jake Hutton, magician, for your viewing pleasure. Look out! The sensational sensei himself, Mike Rossi, warrior on display. Bow down and grovel at his feet as John Vanas, king, utters his decree. Welcome to another fantastic, unscripted episode of Unplugged Radio. I'm your host, Greg. Um, I, we've never been less prepared. I'm your host, John. I am also your host, Mike, and we don't know what we're doing. Prepare yourselves. So we, we never know what we're doing. It's okay. Well, I mean, yeah. it's, listen, so we're on a tight time frame tonight because lives. So we just figured we'd hop on and talk about um, Kings of War and our hobby. And hopefully you find that enjoyable. Uh, and yeah. there you go. We can so only we got, yeah, I mean, right? it's it's been... A couple months, right, since we've been able to put out an episode. This will be our first of 2024, so Happy New Year. And we've really, really been trying to um, schedule this for a while. And multiple days scheduled and things happen. You know, work, children, etc. So the fact that we were able to get here, even if it's for a short period of time, is special. And we're going to roll the recording and see what happens. It. So thank you for being here. Thank you, listeners, for sticking with us and uh, tuning in. So what has every been in, everyone been up to hobby-wise, painting, gaming, etc.? Greg, lead us off. I'm feeling it. Well, you know, our last episode, we had this whole discussion, main topic, about how to balance your hobby life with being a parent. And then and we I failed. talked about how I had... Well, I talked about how I had this great schedule in place and I was getting quality time. And then then, since we recorded that episode, uh, I finished painting for Crossroads, which was in September. And I have not touched a brush since five months ago. I finished that. Okay. Wow. You haven't touched a brush at all? Nothing. No, nothing. Um, I'm. Wow. I think I'm going to be able to get back into it soon. Um, but there were some other things happening with life, all positive. Um, but they really kind of got in the way and disrupted my routine. So uh, I will be planning to get back into it. I did purchase um, a miniature to expand my dwarf army because if I go to the illustrious Orktown GT in June. That is uh, well-known, infamous for being the largest uh, point size event in the region at 2,600 points. And I have roughly exactly 2,300 points painted, a little bit more now, because with the update, some some of my units got more expensive. Uh, But I need to paint more. Yeah, Yeah, dude. And uh, the nice thing is that the greater Earth Elemental is 230 points. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> between exactly. him 
you know, points increase on a few units, plus maybe a couple extra spells on my casters or another item, you know, that takes care of it. And I've wanted for a while now to to get my hands on the miniature. It's um, the same company, Mom Miniatures, that makes the Runic Guardians that I use yeah. as my Earth Elementals, and they, they just have a Titan-sized version who's really cool. And yep. it was actually sold out on their website for months i don't i kept checking just to, i wanted to pick it up it's not even that expensive um for such a cool mini and uh i checked last week they had oh. it so purchased it is on its way um i have played some games though because i went uh just the other weekend to the dead of winter gt uh organized by mike rossi and all the fine folk at the shambling horde and so yeah, that buddy. was awesome i've since again since Crossroads. I've played now six games of Kings of War. <laughs> one was, five uh, at the tournament. Five at the tournament, and one was with Keith, right. a, a practice game like two weeks before the event. So excellent, pretty legit. Yep, yep, yep. I'll uh, I'll talk a little bit about the games, but I'd like to hear from all of you first. Sure, John. You've been like painting. You painted what seven hundred and fifty-two um, minis over the course of last year. Well, so we didn't do our year in recap like that was one of the things that we couldn't uh work out with schedule wise so i will uh yeah sure i painted 160 miniatures last year Holy not including God. board game minis and like Frosthaven, some other things 160 like warhammer kings of war style miniatures as well as another 200 ish terrain pieces that's crazy and I, I didn't count all the train pieces. Guys. There, was, there was just a lot of them. It's like box after box. Um, yeah. But 160 like infantry monster type. Uh, yeah, that's that's a lot. I counted it all up. I was like, wow, that's, that's really substantial. <laughs> so, Seriously. Please so that was, the, that was an accomplishment. Um, and I, I kept it up. I, you know, I finished out the year. I had a. I'm going to post it on Facebook about this, right? Uh, at Dead of Winter a couple of years ago, I won a prize. I bought a combat patrol box i started it at the beginning of this year i said i wanted to you know finish it and before the year was out finished it like literally uh december 30th or something right um then i had this high elf mage on a horse who has been really good as a twilight kin as an elf as an alchemist curse mage um you know, running around with uh, the what are the boots that let you move at the double and still cast it's a levitation? Yeah, oh, just yeah. absolutely sick. You know, ran a couple of times at Masters. Um, it's a great unit. It's a great yeah. unit, and it's always been just like botched paint. Like I just I threw some colors on it to get it done for a Kings of War tournament, and it yeah. doesn't match the rest of the army because it was never finished, and it has been sitting on my desk for like literally five years, staring at me. Oof. And I said, you know what? Let's start the year strong and uh, let's clean that clean that guy up. So he got painted, and now I'm off to some some new projects. Um, I want to expand my Armada fleet a little bit this year uh, to get a couple more ships in there. I've got some 40k stuff I'm gonna paint. I'd like to add a little bit to my Abyssal army uh, for Kings of War. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just making making some plans, I guess. But uh, I painted a lot last year. I don't know if I can keep up that same pace. It's quite the pace. I mean, holy, right? 
it felt great. That, that I mean, that was a record breaking year for me. Sure. Um, I but you know, Mike was poking at me. We were we were chatting on a whatever one of those chat apps, and I yeah. <laughs> I did not play that many games though. <laughs> like I mean, I went to some GTS, and I did. I have played games regularly but um m- right. maybe more board games and stuff this year i haven't played a ton of mini games i i painted sure. a ton and, and that has to do with like life and like my work schedule and stuff like that kind of making it easier to do some things rather than others um but uh yeah i'd say it's been it's been uh been pretty good after kind of taking a, a hiatus for a couple of years due to life stuff i, I moved switched jobs all that jazz kids um yeah. it's been really fun to like get back into it that's pretty awesome i don't know i'm i'm very uh, impressed is a strong word but like i'm really <laughs> but i mean it's because it, it's you know it has a little fanboy tinge to it right but i really am just amazed at the production right the amount of stuff that you can chunk out in a reasonable amount of time is super impressive and at, at a super high standard like that that is a lifetime of making your hand go <laughs> little eyeball movements on you, know, you know what i mean i mean some exactly. of it has been thank you by the way that's very yeah. kind of you but that but it has been a conscious effort on how do i paint more because i'm and and i you know greg and i have, have chatted about this many times before we used to paint for like every miniature was you you do it do it as best you can really right right and i've, I've moved on to this and i just i get more pleasure out of finishing models Sure. And so that means I'm not trying to paint them the best I can. I want to try to use tricks to make them look as good as I can in the least amount of time. Um, right. And so I'm using techniques of just like different products of uh, like color selection is a huge part of it. I'm experimenting with colors just for the hell of it. And because I'm painting models so fast, I also don't care if they don't come out right. Right. And I mean, I mean that like I can grab a, I don't know, I've got a paint rack next to me here. Like I can grab some random weird gray green color and be like, oh, I don't know, maybe that would look good on somebody's skin and I could try it. Right. And if it doesn't work, I'm not repainting that miniature. I'm just calling it done and saying that was the experiment and move on with your life. Right. I like it. <laughs> um, so it's a different pace. It's a different pace. It's kind of like an army scale painting pace. Um, and uh, I don't know. Greg, you painted, you speed painted an army two, like two years ago, right? You did the ogre. I mean, you, you kind of had a, a, a fun, similar experience with that moving fast. I did. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the speed paint. Um, I really enjoy taking my time on miniatures too. Obviously that's how I approached the dwarf army. Um, right. I do have, I do have plans for another speed painted army. Um, and I actually, I had painted a unit for it. In like a week, I got a regiment okay. of infantry done. This was Ooh. back, mm, I don't know when, maybe July or August. Um, but that's on the back burner until that I get was... <laughs> more consistent painting. And uh, I also I also paused because I had written a list, as I do. I write a list before I purchase and paint right. models. Uh, and I wasn't sure if it was going to remain viable and intact with the uh rules updates and it it basically has so was I'm that try to get to that at some point salamanders right. yeah it's going to be a salamanders army yeah it's going to be good <laughs> salamanders are good and i think if you do uh build a list the way that you do greg where you're not doing like this is great i'll take 15 of these um 
you can still do a very well-rounded list that is pretty savage. Right. Yeah. Competes in all phases. It, does it, does some know, real work. I'm always trying to put something together that's different from the armies I already have. Um, yeah, right. And then within that army, trying to do things a little differently from the other folks who play it. So, right. Sure. You know, it'll be fun. Um, and I'm going to keep going to p- keep painting stuff when I get again, when I get back into it, keep painting stuff for the dwarf army because I've got other models uh, and other units in mind that I just really want to paint. Um, sure. And I've got ideas for a display board that maybe will get done for the events in the summer. We'll see. Right. There's uh, some great classic dwarfs you could still add to that army if you wanted oh, to. Oh, I know. You know, just spend Let some time. Let me know if you need next... more. <laughs> Mike's got them. <laughs> Seriously. The next, um, the next like unit, unit, like proper unit will be Bugman's Rangers. Oh, um, classic. I don't love the rules for the Rangers, but I still want to paint them. So yeah, whether they see right. the tabletop or not, I'm gonna paint them because I love them. Right. Yeah, Rangers have been a little lackluster for a while now. They're just they're mm-hmm. so and they, so they went down in points. They went down in points in the slightly in the recent update, which is fine, but it still doesn't change the fact that like their defense four, um, there's no piercing on their shooting. You know, they're right. melee four in combat with crush one. They're just like yeah. because they're an all around unit. They're just mediocre at everything. Yeah. I mean, they're they're right. speed five and scout. Which is uh, for a know, dwarf. unheard of <laughs> elsewhere in the dwarf army, <laughs> pretty That's much. Right. But um, yeah, and uh, so you know, if you if you invest, because the troop is very fragile. If you invest in the regiment, they're only unit strength two. Yeah, right. They, I think they suffer from. Uh, they are they are a shooting unit that doesn't do enough for the points you're paying. I mean, steady aim would fix them. Right. Yeah, setting would be pretty good. You know, I mean, I just keep it talking about. Yeah, but what's the points value for a regiment? It's 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 a lot, right? It's too much. To whatever I don't remember the points value exactly, but I know it is. I think they're one thirty-five for a troop and one sixty-five or one sixty for a regiment. Yeah. They just went down. It used to be one forty for the troop and one eighty-five. Yeah, that's. That's a regiment, that's... So maybe they're 170. I should just look this yeah. up. I mean, that's like I'm the price of a Glade Stalker unit, right? Right. But nowhere. And they're nowhere. not Glade Stalkers. <laughs> they're not Glade Stalkers, no. Right. What are we even talking about? I don't yep. know. Let's see. If you were oh, to include see. Free Dwarf. Uh, free 170 dwarf for, the, 170. for the Reg. Oh, it's so yeah. expensive no. for what you get. It's a... Pathfinder Scout, but, but no, uh, no Headstrong. Yeah, but no horse, no Headstrong. But oh, Order no March headstrong. probably makes it... Nah, because they're Free Dwarfs. Yeah. Right. So, you know, yeah, yeah. oops. But well, anyway. You'll make it work, Greg. You'll figure it out. Then maybe there's some magic or item. I'll just paint them. It fixes them for 10 points. <laughs> or just that. Right. Yep. <laughs> right. Done. They can be part of the display board instead. It's totally valid, by the way. Yeah. Right. So I ran Dead a Winner. I say I ran. Yes, really, what happened was um, the Horde made 20 tables worth of terrain and all of the uh, trophies and all of the, all of the prizes um, for the raffle. And they did all the work 
And then I did a couple Facebook posts. And then <laughs> a couple weeks before, I was like, oh, man. So then I did the player pack and the maps and the, you know, worked with Atkins on uh, on the TO software and, you know, ran it on the day. And it was pretty great. It was glorious. It was, actually. I mean, it's, um, I mean, a couple things. It, except for a small problem with the Google Sheets, uh, because you know Atkins Atkins thing is is built off Google Sheets. It's uh, there was a small hiccup in the Google stuff. Um, the connectivity between two of the sheets wasn't working. So oh. like, so essentially all the public sheets weren't updating correctly, and it was a problem. Um, but uh, Kyle figured it out. Uh, so th- I mean, once that was done, it went pretty smooth. I mean, you know, the the other thing is there's like QR codes on like scan this QR code and it opens up the form for the end of rounds score this other QR code and it opens up the end of tournament scoring, right? And literally there's a TV behind me with the QR code on it. And people would come up and go, where's the QR code for like the end of round scoring? And I would just point while I'm typing with Mike, my other. You hand, have, right? um, you have gotten a, a small glimpse into the life of a high school or middle school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> right? You could not make the directions more easier and available in multiple locations. Like it's on print. It's on the screen. In front of you, it's right. on the screen, and I verbally verbally said it three times, and you're still like, "Oh, what do I do?" So. That was a pain. <laughs> session. I mean, one of the guys yeah. literally just—he would come and go. I can't read. I'm like, I understand. I get it. it life's life's tough, you know. <laughs> For but, you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, right. Okay. I don't know. I I think I think the tournament, like I said, I I haven't gotten a lot of uh, most of the feedback I've gotten has been positive. Um. Uh, and it just it, it it went off really well. I had I had seven seven uh, eight drops over the course Ouch. of the last two weeks coming into the coming into the event. So Ouch. I had yeah I had um I had a I had a wait list with six people on it. I had filled up the forty and, or seven people, and we burned through. I had nine drops. We ended up having thirty eight on the day, just between life. Um, say, I mean the flu got like four people. Two days before, that's, yeah. That's, so that's like, real. Well, what are you going to yeah. do, man? Thanks for not coming. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sorry you can't be here, but thanks for right. not, you know, thanks for not spreading the plague, bro. You mm-hmm. know, but so I don't know. I I I think it went well. Um, uh, Greg, you were there. What did you think? Set you up. I was there, and uh, this I was know. the third year you've run the event, right? Yep. So yep, I was I was fortunate to attend the first year. Um had a ticket the second year and had to back out um so i was happy to return some things that i took away that i was really impressed with um the club came together and created brand new tables and so the quality like the um the visual quality of the tables was a step up really nice you did uh, a smart idea with the like difficult terrain pieces and some of the blocking terrain pieces where yeah. they were all affixed to a single base. And then you had a cutout, like underneath. a flat cutout underneath oh, yeah. so that when you moved through, you could just pick the piece up. And I mean, it, it did mean that like, again, visually, like when you deploy and the table set up, it looks cool. And then you're pulling right. some pieces off. So you lose a little bit of that element, but for playability. And I think, you know, most tournament gamers are more concerned about things being precise and easy to use. Right. Um, 
you know, it really worked well for that. So that was great. Um, Thank you. You still had a different, you know. And how hard was that to add, right? Just to have extra templates underneath. That's not like a big effort, but a nice little detail. Oh, it's smart. Yeah. yeah, it was very yeah, smart. Yeah, it was smart, right? Yeah, I think um, that was Drew's idea. Yeah, I mean, we had a team of people building terrain up until then, and it was, you know, you can tell some of the stuff, like uh, the tables were themed, too, so mm-hmm. you could play on the, on the dwarf table, on the, you know, whatever. But even though they were themed, they all had pretty much the same size and, and just, you know, types of terrain. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I liked, too, is... Still good. What I liked, too, is that you used... Um, like most people do now, the the mats for the table. Um, yeah. And the mats were different because the tables were themed different. But the terrain pieces, the bases of them were like painted and flocked to match the colors of the terrain mat. Yeah. So they 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 meshed well. Where some, some events that is a little extra detail that doesn't, um, you know, doesn't quite make it. Doesn't so yeah, the, paid attention yeah, to it. Yeah. Doesn't quite make it. And again, you know, it's fine if you miss it. But for me, I really like seeing stuff like that and and getting the imagery of the battle and and all that stuff. Yeah. So that was great. Um, nice. Point size was was good. Twenty one fifty is a switch up to what most people are used to. So you gotta right. um, make Just some concessions or rethink yeah. your army design. And small, you had yeah. uh, now the first year I went, you had the no, you couldn't have duplicates. Uh, more than two. Right. You couldn't have more than right. two of certain things. Uh, but they could be different sizes. So if I take, I don't know, shield breakers in my dwarf army, for example, the first year I could take two troops, I could take two regiments and two hordes. Right. This year you said the rule of three, and it was three no matter the size. So obviously right. some stuff like war engines are capped at three anyway, but the shield breakers, again, as an example, if I wanted you know a troop a regiment and a horde that's all i could take i can't take an additional no matter what size it is Uh, so that again it just makes people have to think a little differently when building their lists and you know people could i'm sure argue whether that helps or hurts certain lists more or less than others but i just like the variety i like going to an event and even if it's people i've played against at previous events with the same army they've got something different because the right. rules were constructed in a way where they had to rethink their design. So right. I appreciated that. And you had a little, um, you know, scenarios. It was blackjack scoring. Scenarios were out of the book. I liked playing the new um, Hold the Line scenario. Uh, hold the Line, yeah. yeah. That, w- that was really fun. Um, and you had a little extra uh, special element with these zombie tokens. Yeah. So, so Which every, were, every, yeah, you, why don't yeah. you explain that? <laughs> sure. So like every, every, every round for the first four rounds, you, you, you had a zombie token that you put on a unit of infantry or large infantry. Um, but you couldn't, it could be, uh, a, an infantry regiment or troop or a large infantry regiment or horde. Uh, so it couldn't go on hordes of infantry. Right. Um, and what it would allow you to do, uh, based on each round, it would, it gave a bonus, um, with you know a, a bonus with some sort of drawback usually as well to the given unit. Um, so for the first round, like you gave it to your unit and it was called infection. Um, and the minute that the unit that you gave it to touched an enemy unit, the enemy unit was minus one melee for the rest of the game. Ooh, right? ouch! 
Yeah, so it, it, there's a little bit of strategy there about you know protecting it or how do you deliver that negative one or what have right. you. And then, then the second the second round um, was uh, essentially you were mindless, so you got plus one nerve and fearless to a, to the given unit, but it had to stay within uh, inspiring range or else it could only move straight ahead. It could only advance straight ahead. And couldn't charge. <laughs> That's right? funny. So it's like, right, and so you know it's. You could tell the people that adapted to it and were able to use it and other, you know, I mean, I walked by one table and literally there was just a, a regiment butted up against a, a building, just running headfirst into the building turn after turn because they didn't leave it within inspiring. Right. Um, or they did that on purpose. Well, <laughs> based on based on what was said to me when I walked by, it was not done on purpose. Um so, right. uh, and then the third round, you gave the zombie token to a unit and it was like the 28 day later zombie. So your unit was an extra plus one movement and um, wild charge two. Uh, but in exchange, when you defeated a unit in combat, you must overrun a D6 straight ahead. Um, and then the last one was uh, you gave it, gave it to a unit. The unit was crushing. It had an extra crushing strength, uh, you know, because that zombie strength. Um, but in exchange, it took a point of damage every turn, uh, which you couldn't heal. And at the end of the game, you, you made a, uh, a, a leadership check. Or you know um, a nerve check, and if you failed it, the unit was picked up off the table, and you lost it. And that was a scenario that was the 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 push scenario. So like, if you want to give your your, oh. your push token to the unit, right? So I kind of matched the the scenarios to the to the zombie bonus as well a little bit. I put a lot of thought into that. The downside is even though I put the zombie tokens in for you know the troops or the units you could put it on, I put it in. For, you know, I made the rules for balance. But I did not, before the tournament, tell everybody, oh, make sure that you bring one of these units so you right. can use this bonus. And because, you know, I, uh, I, I, I wasn't sure whether I should do that or not, and then I didn't end up doing it. Well, some of the lists that came in didn't have any regiments or didn't have any qualifying units to actually put the zombie tokens on. Oh. And so, yeah, I don't right, know if because, you, you mentioned this, because it, it wasn't just... It was infantry... Um, heavy infantry or large infantry, but it was also a speed uh, restriction, yeah, so it had to be six, speed, speed six, six or, or less. less. Yeah, and it not so, to, like, so. I mean, some people yeah, didn't so like, have that. They didn't have that, or they came with the obligatory three hordes of infantry with the with three monsters and three this, three that, right? And so they didn't have any regiments to actually put the zombie token on. So next year. And that was a big mistake on my part. I'll eat that, right? Because um, I mean, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna go through the trouble of having those bonuses, make it so everybody can do it. And I should have given people a heads up. I mean, I knew what the zombie tokens were gonna be a couple weeks ahead of time. I just didn't. I hemmed and hawed on what I should do in terms of the, you know, I didn't want people tailoring. I mean, not everyone can prepare for a zombie outbreak. Let's be realistic no, here, right? So. I mean, it's the right on the one of the other one of the other things I. Um, bits of feedback I got was from K2. K2 really thought that the actual uh, player pack on the day when it was printed up, he's like, this is really professional, right? And I was like, thank you. He goes, can you send me it? He said, yeah. So I, I sent it to him. But it was, it was one of the last things I expected to hear. But like on the front page of each sheet, like the front page of the whole thing had the zombie, you know, had the zombie Uncle Sam, are you ready for a zombie attack? And then, you know, welcome to the dead awareness. And then every page was scenario one here's the scoring sheet the back of the sheet is the qr code to scan to go and put in your stuff and i had people fill it in paper wise too just in case um and then the map 
because every every uh, every scenario had set maps. The scenario rules were written right on the sheet, right, and then the scoring, uh, the sports scoring tabulation was right on the sheet. So everything was right there for you. You couldn't you couldn't mess it up, right? Um, so I, you know, I was that actually went over pretty well, and I was pretty glad about that. Uh, I, I want to say bad. here, and uh, yeah. I don't know if K two is listening. I hope he is. K two um, is the TO of Orktown. I fully expect if we make a little analogy here right your player pack for dead of winter was like the menu at a really upscale classy uh restaurant (laughs) it's like printed on the thick cardstock it's crisp off-white you know like nice type font everything is laid out and arranged properly now at orktown I'm not saying his pack should be inaccurate or hard to read or whatever, but it should be the equivalent of like the diner that has just like the regular paper inserted in that like plastic sleeve with some beer stains that it's, have like it's got beer through. stains, it's got grease, <laughs> it's it's been written oh, yeah. over and rewritten over a couple times in Sharpie because they don't print it out again. <laughs> like that's what we should be handed when we go to Orton. That would be amazing, to be honest. I'm not gonna lie, right? Mm-hmm. Super quality, mm-hmm. right? The lack of quality is a quality all its own, right? Yeah. And everything will still be accurate and easy to follow. It'll just be the aesthetic, right? <laughs> coffee rings, right? Coffee, coffee rings, rings coffee. Yes. yeah. You know what yes. I mean? That yes, kind of definitely. thing. Definitely. Little little smudge. Perfect. So, yeah. So I don't know. I I like I said. I think it went well. We raised uh, just from donations from. Uh, the people that were there, we raised thirteen hundred and fifty dollars for juvenile diabetes research. Um, so Ooh. that's awesome. Right. And then, uh, yeah. Yep. And then uh, George is actually getting George Vasilakos, the owner. He, I think the venue was pretty good, and he gave us run of the place. He closed the whole thing down for us over the weekend, um, which I really appreciated. And he said next year we'll have room for up to fifty. Oh, because we'll do it again. So all right. Let's go. Where are you getting all the table, like the the space from there? You're just expanding into the other side of the, the, the room. Yeah, yep, expanding into yep. the into the other room. So nice. Yeah, so like I said, he's going to close the whole thing down for us next time for Saturday Sunday, and just just do it like that. And I said I I will take it. So if you didn't come to Dead of Winter, if you couldn't get out of your house in January, it's it's okay. We're going to do it again next year. Um, like I said, at the event, I have the market cornered for events in January, and I think that's going to be my claim to fame. You have nothing else going on. Leave your house, right? <laughs> in a world with no options, come and choose this. So Yeah, okay. Well, next year, can you not put it on my daughter's birthday? I really, uh, really appreciate I'll, that. I will attempt to do that. that, that is, <laughs> Noted. To be, honest, to be honest, buddy, that's one of the downsides of having it at the, at the store is we have to schedule it around like these major Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon releases. Yep. Oh, I, I see. Like, yeah. Yeah, so every month it's like there's one weekend free every month. Where do you want to be? Um, and that's but why this is another why I, I can't like set it every every year for the same weekend. Right. True. Yep. You know, um, it it is fashionable. It is popular to have destination birthday parties, and <laughs> you could have a great birthday party in Albany or Colony with an IE for some reason. That's right. Which I think that's is right. the name of the town. <laughs> it is the name of the town. <laughs> the Fortress right. of Gaming is located in. Hmm. Right? I might get in trouble for that one. I don't know. I <laughs> totally understand, and I would expect you to get in trouble, to be honest. <laughs> that's, that's that is. Right. So, yeah, it, I, that's what I've been doing. Once again, I will do anything to not actually paint a mini. I will run a GT. I will, I will write a novel. I am 
you know, pretty bad. But next you're, event, you're productive. Yeah. yeah, it's like a procrastination production. It's, it's interesting. Oh, yeah. Weird the dichotomy energy, coming, coming right? off of you. The energy has to go into somewhere. Um, so, the old world, anybody? I played this week. <gasps> um, what happy to tell you a little bit about it. <laughs> right? Um, so, I mean, we talked, we didn't talk on the show, but we talked amongst ourselves a little bit about like what would the old world have an impact and before it was coming out we had debated whether it was worth a, a show topic kind of but um so it's out and i'm kind of unimpressed so uh one of our local players was uh we played a game uh king's war a local king's war player and he was like yeah, yeah why why would i play this when i have like a nice like clean polish rule set like king's war and then you want to give me this kind of hot mess of like complexity and awkwardness. No thanks. Not interested. He was like one one game and, and out, not not playing anymore. Right. Um I didn't play against him. So he played against somebody else, but but still. Uh my take on it is it's it's a play on people's nostalgia, which totally makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. But it plays like a game from the era that it's talking about. And so, like, my gaming experience has moved on from that style game to things that are cleaner, more fluid, play faster, less, like, ambiguity and awkwardness. Um, And it just brought all that shit back. And, like, I don't know, maybe it'll turn out to be a great game and it'll be awesome in the long run. But uh, some of my observations are it was... It was our well, I only played one game, so it was slow, but we're looking up rules. Okay, fine. I'll I'll give it that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you have a bunch of models and you don't even get to attack with them because your front rank of combat dies and pulling individual models, annoying, putting oh, characters in yeah. the front ranks and like placing things in the units and that influences what they can do. But so you get let's say you charge, you charge someone, they strike first because they have a higher stat stat than you. Mm-hmm. You don't get to hit. You roll zero dice. You're just like, well, I lost that combat. I didn't even roll my yeah. dice. And like the yeah. only the front rank fights. So like I've got uh I've got ten orcs, five of them fight, except the five are dead, so zero I don't know. Just stuff like that really rubs me the wrong way these days. Playing other sure. games like I mean, Kings of War is a great example of like a really, really nice clean rule set, but there's the other games, um and I play a lot of kill team, right? Like stuff dies, the game moves. There's there's very right. little like I don't get to do the thing with my model. Um, I I could keep going, but I don't know. Do you guys have specific <laughs> thoughts no, or like what are you, what are your thoughts well, having looked at it? I mean the the I I uh, I've been looking at I've been following some of the rules just because other people have been doing you know, other other people in my gaming group. Right? None of us are really interested in the old world to be honest in terms of like the game itself and the rules. But I'm, you know, I'm dash twenty eight and some other some other venues where I'm I'm checking it out now just to see, and I, I am I am right there with you, John. I I, I've moved past the game, so personally it doesn't it doesn't appeal to me. I'm not going to buy the rule set. I'm I have enough of the old minis in my basement that I don't really care about the re releases, right? Right. But I also know right. and I understand the appeal, where. There's lines around the block at Warhammer World and game stores in England, et cetera, mm-hmm. to go in. People who, 
you know, they come into the game store now. And George was saying about like he sold out of he sold out of the old world release at, at, like in, in a couple hours. Dudes who have not picked up a single fantasy mini in forever are coming back buying the stuff and like let's go. And I'm like, but there's this really good game here that we've been demoing. And I'm not just saying that. Like there's there's another group yep. that, that demos at the store that does all um, uh, alternate fantasy and historical war games as well, like Lion Rampant and a bunch of other stuff. And they yep. we can't get anybody to come and play. But man, you slap a Warhammer logo on it, bros will go around the block to play something that, in my opinion, just isn't as good. Well, right. Here, I, I, I think, don't know why they do mm-hmm. that. I don't know why they don't open themselves up to other to other stuff. I, I, I think, you know Mike, I mean? it's a it's the it's the theme, right? Like it's it's just a more dish on Kings of War a little bit here. It's just a more evocative yeah. world, right? I agree. And so the you know I I remember playing also the Warhammer, production value. The production value is higher. Yeah, it is associated with it. So, Books, but like if you if you had those memories of. Yeah, like Greg, like the books. Like if you remember grabbing a war, I don't care what edition you're talking about. Even like going back many editions, if you grabbed a Warhammer book, it was it was like a thing of beauty. And yeah. you know the older ones were sillier in style, and and the 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 art style has changed and stuff. But remember, like the sixth edition rule books that had a full page with stories and descriptions about what yeah. the units did. There was so much flavor in there, and so I think that's what draws people to it is that is that depth of story. Yeah. And you I, don't, I still you don't get that with Lion Rampant or King's War or Saga or, right. uh, so I, um, I know nothing about the rules other than what you have shared. Um, and I have no interest in, you know, picking up and reading the sure. rules. Obviously like many Kings of War players, not all of us, but many, like I grew up playing yeah, Warhammer fantasy. Warhammer. That was my yep. game. I came to Kings of War after Warhammer yeah. died. Um, my perspective is kind of interesting. I've always thought, like, going back to Age of Sigmar, if that's what people wanted to play, although it was a very different, is a very different game from that, what Fantasy very... was, or going to play the old world, which is like, you know, revitalized Warhammer Fantasy. It's a bit like, you know, returning to an abusive relationship where your partner cheated on you or abandoned you, like, why would I want to go back to that? I'm setting myself right. up for more disappointment. But aside from that, like you said, the game is so different from Kings of War. I don't think it's actually a competitor for Kings I, of War. I, you're getting right. two very different gaming experiences. So I think there yeah. is some... There has been, and there probably continues to be, some legitimate concern in the Kings of War community is the return of the old world and Warhammer Fantasy going to have a negative impact on Kings of War. We're going to see a dip in, you know, sales, a dip in attendance at GTs, potentially even, you know, Mantic, at the like worst possible scenario, no, discontinuing the game because it loses popularity. Um, and when you look at it, like, Logically, it it shouldn't because they're two very different games. But there's just the fact that Games Workshop, it, I was trying to explain this to my wife, they're like the Walmart of the miniature wargaming community. And yeah. Mantic is like the mom and pop shop, right? Like right. It, it, it has so much uh, money behind it. It has so much advertising. It has this l- incredibly loyal fan base or like, you know, 
yep. one of our good buddies who played Warhammer with us kind of played one or two trial games of Kings of War and was like, nah, I'm all set, is like through the moon, the old world is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Why aren't you all playing this with me? Like, yep. you know, right. star yep. rose tinted glasses doesn't matter what the blemishes are. Like anything that's not Warhammer sucks. Warhammer's back. It's the best. Then we have another uh, gamer in our area who plays a lot of miniature war games, played fantasy competitively, got into Kings of War competitively for a while, and ended up leaving because he gets so into games that he wants to play all the time. And there wasn't enough of a player base in our area for people to be playing games with him multiple times a week. And he's in on the old world, and he said, like, yeah, the rules, they're not like the greatest but i know that people are going to play it and i'm sure there's going to be gts and i'm sure i can get opponents whenever i want right Um, right and so that you know that's a thing so i think if they put out some models you know that i'm interested in picking up great i might do that if uh, i have the chance to thumb through the books for old time's sake i'll do that i'm not going to purchase them but i am somewhat worried that this is going to um, have a detrimental effect on Kings of War, not because the game is better or because it's a direct uh, competitor, because it really isn't, but just because of the the brand name of Warhammer and Games Workshop. Yeah, it's it's funny. People, you know, on the Kings of War forum and some other spots, you've seen like, all right, with the old world coming out, are you guys nervous? And for the most part, most people who play Kings of War are like, no, I'm not going to switch games. Kings of War is better. That's I'm, the reason I played here, right? But you're asking the wrong demographic. Yeah. If you want the game to grow, it's people who aren't playing Kings of War. How do I get them to come over now? And maybe we can ride some kind of like wave of nostalgia where people are out there out in the game store gaming more now, right? They went to their basements, they did other stuff, and now they're, they're out like, yeah, let's do, get some Warhammer in. Well, let me show you this other game. And I don't even know if that's a thing. I don't know if Kings of War has... I don't know. It's it's it, it, When you have a game that is as, um, in my opinion, I used to like the complexity of Warhammer, but it really got to be not fun. The complexity doesn't add to the fun, right? And so the idea of Kings of War is, oh, look how streamlined this game is. Okay, I would argue that in some in some facets, once the line clash, once the lines clash, Kings War is actually a little harder to follow now, to be honest, as opposed to the original you know demo games that I was playing when I first jumped over. Fine, right? Um, but the gameplay itself, one of the I remember one of the arguments that a couple of the old Warhammer people had said when they when we first jumped over to Kings War, they were and they stopped playing. They said, "Ah, I played that twice. I figured the whole game out. You just do this, and therefore there's no fun." And I'm like, "Wow, you did? You figured the whole game out in two <laughs> games, right? Because that doesn't sound right." Boy, I'm kind of glad you're not playing this. Um, is there an opportunity now to, especially John? I didn't realize that the second rank didn't fight. Because this is all that's all fifth ed and fourth ed Warhammer. Yeah, that's not, not that's not like eighth and, edition where so like if you go back to what we were playing when Kings of War came out, Kings of War Second Edition, right. this is nothing like that. Yeah. I mean it's sixth ed, I think, was the best ed, and that was done by Cav- by Alessio, who wrote Kings of War. Right. So, you know, I I I I'll be interested to see in the next six months 
if you see a bunch of people nostalgically buy and start playing and then realize <sighs> and then maybe look for something else i don't i don't know maybe they'll love it well right? i i think the factor that you just talked about though is the one that uh worries me from my own perspective like i've been struggling with kings of war lately because there's very few people that play locally and so it's hard to maintain and i i feel bad for the people that like live up in some remote area and you know the only time they ever get to play is um you know when they come out to a tournament or something because there's nobody around i i can't at this point in my life i can't sustain myself like that like i need i need that local community and if there's people out playing old world and I'm looking to play a fantasy game, I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be tempting to do that because there's people there doing it unless it's like really bad. Yeah. It has a and gravity, right? You th- play with there's a gravity. Play. Yeah. And I, I, we've just struggled like John, uh, Jonathan Neeson and I live, uh, yeah. you know, in the same area. We're the only two Kings of war players in Boston. You know, like, we're like a major metropolitan city with millions of people. There ain't nobody right. else playing around here. Um, right. Or if they are, they're not coming out to the game stores for games, you know? So, uh, yeah. it, it's, it's been hard. And if there, yeah, the, there's a, there's a gravity and momentum associated with having, being part of the system. And I don't know. I mean, it, this could go through a wave too, where all the people come out of their basements um to buy it and then don't actually play it that's another option though that's true Mm -hmm. right like they buy the rule books they're like yeah that's that's awesome i never played it when it was in sixth edition i'm I'm not gonna play it now but i'm super excited about it right i could see that happening Hmm. i could too so i don't know i i just wanted to bring it up because i know that that's it's not Kings of War, but boy, it's Kings of War adjacent, right? Yeah, it's and hard it's, to ignore it's, it's, right now. Yeah, like we should come back to it in six months and see where it is, mm-hmm. maybe. But totally. like for now, it's making a wave. In six months, we'll be unveiling unplugged radio <laughs> in the old world podcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe not that. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't know. It's it. I would be interested. I. I. Me and a lot of the guys here, to be honest, because life has gotten in the way of of weekly gaming. Yeah. Um, we play at GTs, and then we get like one practice game in or one social game in the next month, and then at the next GT, I get my next five games in, right? And right. so, if there isn't that, a well, GT that was my experience, right? Right. Exactly. I mean, it's, you got a baby, and John and I are both, you know, yay for promotions, right? So, like, it's um. I, I can I can see a world where if they if there are no two day events or if no one around here is going to run a two day event like I haven't gone to any AOS events because I certainly think that game is garbage but I would oh. try the old world if there was because I mean I still got the minis and are all individually based yeah you right? just throw them on the table it's buried entries low right but I right. but I don't know if anyone's going to run anything around here right right and so if I have to wait for a two day event I'll if I hold my breath I'll die right. But if that changes, then that means that that game has arrived as a legit competitor, you know? Yep. But just as an aside, one of the things that I was told at the end of this Dead of Winter by George and his staff was, can we get back there in six months? He was so, they were all so impressed with how upstanding and cordial all of us were um, in terms of like a crowd, a gaming crowd. 
uh, compared to Magic players, Yu-Gi-Oh players, 40K players. Like, he went through the list of the other events that he's tried to run. Um, and just the way that the, 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 either the sense of entitlement or just the immaturity or what have you of the, of the groups, Kings of War brings a different player to the table. Uh, right. That's and, totally and, I've had the exact same experience, Mike, running, running, uh, events with GT level or, or just like one days. Yeah, totally. Um, unfortunately the, my answer is, and I'm sure, I don't know if you're in the same boat or not. My answer is. I couldn't get all these people back in six months. I can get them out here once a year, but like the game's yeah. not in the store. There's no product on the shelf. It's right. The, the game store presence isn't here for me to do this quarterly. Yeah. But it's funny when we, when, when I posted for dead of winter and we sold out in a couple of days, one of the guys who works at works at the store was like, what's the secret? And I said, well, the secret is I, 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 I know a lot of people and I say, I'm running an event. I've been to everybody's events and they come to my event. And he said, Oh, I, th I figured that you like, you just posted on some special message board somewhere and got all these people. I'm like, what are you saying? <laughs> like the community is a community. Well, you know but, I mean? if, but if you're coming from magic, it's not like that. That's true. That's true. The frame of reference is totally different. Right. So I don't know. I, I am hopeful for, I'm hopeful for Kings, but we're also in a, in a weird spot where in the Northeast, we've seen like huge growth in Canada and we've seen the number of people drop off in Cape Cod because there's no local game store. Right. We've seen a, a, a bunch of people join up in the last year here and some people up in Vermont, but I mean, the stuff going on in Connecticut and Massachusetts, right. I mean, just life, the group in Connecticut, you, you guys all had kids. The horde all had kids about five years before you did. Cause we're old. Right. And so there was a major dip. And I can, mm -hmm. I can see you guys working with that now. Yeah. And it's funny because this community isn't big enough. For, it's small enough where I can say, well, Keith Conroy, got a kid. Greg has a kid. I, I know personally what's going on with every single person that isn't playing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. I like you guys, right? And kind of follow, as opposed to, oh, I wonder whatever happened to Greg. You know? It's like, well, I know exactly what happened to Greg. You know? But, but that's, anyway. that's benefit of small community. Like when the... When the community is bigger, you do lose track of people, or the, you know you end up clicking up with like there's a couple of locals where you understand what's going on, and then you you realize they're not playing because they didn't show up at the GT, and you're like, oh, wonder where uh, what's right. the person is. Right. Um, we're so much tighter as a community, but that means that attrition hurts. Agreed. More yes. right because there's it's there's there's not as much room to absorb it. Right. Totally true. Yeah. There's, and and if, if... be. If everyone I know in the region shows up to an event, that's a decent sized event. But when you get 10 to 20% of them who have other life commitments or issues, yeah, you're like, well, there's no one to step up and fill that spot. Right. right. So it's tough. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know? But anyway, that's, that's where we're at, though. I mean, I don't know. We'll have to. It's yeah. I mean, it's it. One of the nice things I think is that you take a look at our respective hobby journeys now at, at each stage of of our collective lives, right? And John, you are painting hundreds of minis <laughs> because it is way easier for you to get painting done in your house than it is to get, to leave your house and get a game in. Yeah. Right. Right. right? And and you know, Greg, babies. Right. <laughs> you know. I mean, you're. you're yep. Your daughter's amazing, but it totally changes your perspective on what needs to get done and how much free time you have. 
And I stand by this experience of I've now been to three GTs with this dwarf army. Um, Yeah. You know, the first one was before my daughter was born. Um, Mm -hmm. But obviously I was still busy and and attending to my pregnant wife. So I had no practice. Um, Right. So I've gone to these three events with a new, still a relatively new army basically zero uh, practice going in or forethought. And I've continued to have the best string of results I've ever had. So this is, you <laughs> know, true. On, this on is the just the way right? forward. Even when I no get sense. more free time, I'm not going to play free games. <laughs> I'm just going it. in blind, baby. <laughs> I, listen, it's, you got you to find the one, the way that works for you. It's so awesome. Right? <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's uh I think John, I think we're buttoning up against your time, buddy. I'd we love are. to talk to you for the next hour, but I know you gotta I, go. I would, but like you said about those uh those those constraints and stuff, you gotta right. gotta do the thing. So quick, make I a plug. Give a quick shout out. Quick shout out yeah. to my opponents from Dead of Winter because I had an amazing time all around. Yeah, and a large part of that was the five lovely folks that I had the pleasure of gaming against. So round one I played against Nathaniel. Uh, which is the first time meeting him, and also the first time I ever played against halflings. So that was awesome. Round two, I played against Corey, uh, Corey Reynolds, and um, he actually got to get some revenge on my dwarfs because I had beat him at uh, Unplugged uh, the first time I used the dwarf army, and he had yeah. uh, Northern Alliance or Varengar, Northern Alliance, yeah. But he had Twilight Kin. Haven't played against the new Twilight Kin yet. He beat me pretty good. But then round three, I played against uh, Alan Beaner from Nerdhammer. Been to a million events with him, but we've never played. He also had Twilight Kin. And I was able to, I guess, apply the lessons I had learned from losing to Corey to be Alan. So that was nice. Round four, played against John McCready, which was excellent. Again, been to a lot of events with him. Played against his brother, but never played him. Uh, we had a really good game that was down to the wire. And then round five, I played against Owen, who um, is from Vermont, I think new to the GT scene, and was just like a tremendous dude. We had a terrific game. Um, so, yeah, if you all are listening, thank you for making my weekend fantastic. Hope to see you again at a future event. And, um, yeah, I appreciate everybody who was there in general and folks for... Um, putting it together because when I have such limited free time, the fact that I can go out and know, um, you know, it's not going to be a disappointment. It's going to be a real, uh, shining, uh, moment in my social calendar. That's that a big a deal. It's a big deal. Yep. Yeah. It's awesome. Cool. All right, guys. Well, I hope we can do this again soon and our, our schedules are more uh, forgiving guaranteed. Right. But until next time, be good. Uh, yeah. Take it easy, bros. Be well. Take care of yourselves. Yeah.